by spending more on your magic decks, what are you really paying for? First, you have to realize that more expensive cards simply are faster and more efficient. And you know it's true. So that's the baseline, right? Like you see, it's a little bit more powerful. But why, why do you care? Why does that matter? We're playing EDH. This is a casual format and you don't have to optimize. You can still play within your group with things that aren't that powerful and be able to win. And most people don't even care about winning at all. So why do people pay and what are they getting? That is the topic this week and let's get into it. So first of all, I think it depends. First of all, it depends on a lot of different things. So it depends on the power level of your group. If you're not playing casual EDH, this episode does not apply to you at all, and I'm not going to go over it. But if you are playing casual EDH, it depends on what level of casual. Like some decks are sort of up there, you know, they're semi-powerful, but you know, they're not they're not super competitive or anything. They're not optimized, but they are good at what they do and effective. And there are some decks that will fall behind. But, and this is the main point where you get the most value out of paying more money. Uh, and of course CEDH, but that's a completely different topic. So that's the main point where you get the most value. But why? This is the point where you have to choose between the things, right? You can have a cheap deck, you can have a powerful deck, you can have those two things. But it's difficult, right? You don't get as much choice between which archetype you want to play or which cards you want to play within that deck. And it's harder to make a deck that can compete. You might also have to net deck if your your playgroup is powerful enough. If you are budget, it makes it extreme, it makes it much, much more difficult to get what you want. And some things you want, you just won't be able to have. So basically, uh, I'm going to delve into this a little bit more. So proxies are basically just an exception, right? Proxies are a completely different thing you can do. Instead of Instead of paying money for the cards, you can have the same experience with proxies. The only downside, which I would say is a very large downside, in my opinion, is you have to explain to every single person you're playing with, I am using proxies, are you okay with that? And that can be fine, but everyone in my in my experience, doing that just, it doesn't, it's not great. I don't like doing that because I feel like I am doing less than my opponents. My opponents have put in more to this game and I'm getting the same amount of cards or whatever. And I think that's okay. But it just doesn't feel good when you have to do it every time. And there's also a very, very small chance in my experience, it is a small, small chance that they'll say, no, you can't do that. And that sucks. You can't play magic with these people, and you have to find another group or buy the cards. Which, it just is not, that's not a great experience. So, proxies, I love them, and it's great to use them. But you have to keep in mind, there's an extremely small, um, 
an extremely small chance you won't be able to play with them. And if it's at all sanctioned, you won't be able to play with them. And you have to explain every time. And it might seem not that bad to explain, but it gets to you a little. So proxies are fine, um, and you are sacrificing something for them. So that's what money is buying you in relation to proxies. But if we are talking about not using proxies, you don't want to make that sacrifice. You want real cards and you still want to be budget. You don't want to spend that much. So I think, as I said before, you have to pick two of these. Cheap, powerful, archetype freedom, and easy, quick, easier, quick to brew. Within archetype freedom is which cards within your deck you want to play. So here's why you can't have all of these. Cheap basically limits the cards you can use, and it makes it more difficult to do these other things. So uh, powerful just requires, you know, it requires certain cards and it requires a certain archetype, whatever it might be, if you want to be able to play within your group and win sometimes, that's going to take a sacrifice. So you can have that, you can just have a cheap and powerful deck and compete very easily. You could build a $50 deck and destroy your playgroup every single time if you wanted to. You could probably pump stomp with a $50 deck. Of course, I never recommend you pub stomp, but I'm just trying to prove a point. You do not need to spend money if you want power. That is a very common misconception, and I do not buy that. You can have power, but you are sacrificing other things. There are not that many decks that for $50 or whatever your budget is, uh, I'm going to go with like 50 or or $100 on budget because once you get beyond that point, you're not really sacrificing very much. Basically, at that point, there's not very many decks that are that good. And $100, I'd say there are actually a lot, but we're going to talk about $50 for now. So you are sacrificing freedom, right? You are sacrificing time to build that deck. You have to find the cards. And it takes a lot longer and a lot more work to make the deck do what you want. And you're sacrificing choice on archetype. So say you want to build a lands deck. Well, that's going to be incredibly difficult to do. You're not going to be able to build a land recursion, sacrifice recur, sacrifice recur, and things like that, because that is expensive. You would want fetch lands, which are insanely expensive you would want um you'd want a uh what's that three mana artifact that recurs that that you can cast lands from your graveyard uh crucible of worlds you'd want a crucible of worlds you would want all of these cards that are super super expensive and it'd be extremely difficult to make the archetype work within a budget and the other issue with that is the biggest archetypes often are the most expensive because people are playing with them, right? And if people are playing with them, you are likely to want to play with them. There's a reason people do things, and people tend to be somewhat similar. So you're going to have to play something niche, and also powerful, which, in my experience, usually means some sort of linear combo. So maybe you're doing a Sadisi 
a combo deck, right? Where you just cast a DC and you get the combo. All you need is like 10 mana and you can just win whenever you want. And you can do that and it might be fair because you need 10 mana. But it's not going to be fun. You are only ramping up and playing it out. You are sacrificing fun. That's another thing you can sacrifice. And in my opinion, obviously it depends on the person what you find fun. Uh, But if you're not playing against a lot of other combo decks, that's not going to be that enjoyable. So in my opinion, at the end of the day, the most important thing is fun. I'd much rather build with proxies or anything, sacrifice any of these things really for fun. So you have to pick some of these and maybe you do get lucky and that deck that can compete is fun to you, but it's not guaranteed and it's a whole lot more difficult to make it that way. So again, you can't play all the archetypes you want if you want to be If you are not spending the money, you're not necessarily going to be able to play that archetype you were thinking of. Now, obviously you can, uh, but that comes at the sacrifice of power. And that can work. That's fine. If you don't care about winning, which most people don't, uh, that is a good sacrifice to have. But keep in mind, you can't have too many of these things. You can have usually two like powerful and fun. You could have that, but that'd cost you money. Cheap, I'm putting as a requirement, which means you basically get to pick one of these. You can do powerful, you can do archetype freedom, you can do easy, quick to brew, and you can do fun. Now, archetype freedom and fun, in my opinion, are basically the same thing. If you get to choose the archetype, you you should be able to make it fun. Um, But, you know, that depends. So, Usually you can pair those two together, but other than that, you basically get one. You get one thing, which is difficult, you know? Usually you can choose two. You can have a archetype freedom. You can have easy and quick to brew. You can even, you know, have all of them. If you pay money, you are getting more of these categories. You don't have to sacrifice one of these things. And... You can go mixed. You can do some of this, some of that. But it doesn't really work that great. Because at the point of powerful where you probably do have to sacrifice something, you're not really going to be able, at the point of power where you'll be able to win, you will probably have to sacrifice something. And in my opinion, one of the best things to sacrifice is time to brew the deck. Now, this totally depends on the person, but I love making decks. And you guys probably do too. I mean, you're listening to a Magic the Gathering podcast. So, you probably enjoy this game. And some people like playing, some people like deck building. Some people like both. I love both. So, if you like deck building, spend the time. With the budget, you can make it so, so much more powerful and so much more effective. Just spend the time, look through everything, get recommendations, post in different places, whatever you're going to do, just put the work in. And this is a really easy way to not have that much of a sacrifice. I mean, instead of spending, I'd say the minimum amount of 
time you could spend on a deck is two hours. Uh, if you build a lot of decks and you're just not putting that much into it, uh, you could, in theory, maybe do it in two hours. But I would not recommend that. If I would recommend if you're actually going to build a deck, you spend a day or two on You, look, like, I'm not saying spend eight hours, ten hours, you know. What I'm saying is do a first pass, right? Get all the cards you want. Then cut it down, post it out, and then once you get recommendations, put it all in the deck and do another pass, right? You should be able to find more categories of cards that you want. Do a couple passes and just look at it every once in a while. Be like, is this, is this exactly what I want? And then you should be able to come up with something good. And the more, and the more you work on it, the more, the better it should be. The closer, the more of these categories you should be able to hit. But if you're not paying money, paying very much money, it can be difficult to hit very many of these. Yes, in theory, you should be able to get all these. I mean, I could see you in a, like a very casual meta, so not like pretty powerful, but like casual, casual. Like, I mean, I'm going to use the command zones power scale, even though power scales are you have relevant and incredibly difficult to measure, but I'm just going to use that. Um, so if you're in like a five to six, then you should be able to have basically all of these categories. But once you get to a six or seven, you know, no, I'd say like a four, four or six, a four or five or something, you might be able to hit all these categories. But once you get like a six or seven, it starts to get difficult because you're playing with people who are getting a lot of, you know, good decks. So it can be quite difficult to, you know, hit these things. And the issue is almost all play groups are at a seven. I played with a lot of people who are at, who are at like a four or five, but it's not that common. I would say if I were just to completely guess, and this is not based on any data other than my personal experience, I'd say maybe like two or three per, you know, no, probably like 10% are just at like the one to four, one to four range. So this would include just complete jank, right? They didn't buy any cards. They didn't trade. They didn't do anything. They just went in their jank binder and they put together a deck. And these are the people that play every month or something, you know, they're not really into the game. They just like, they just like playing it sometimes and it's fun. Then, you know, maybe like 25% of people are like at the four or five range, right? So this is super casual. This is the pre-cons, things like that. And then after that, we have maybe 10% at CDH. And then maybe we have, you know, the rest at sevens. I didn't actually check what percent that is, uh, but if you think about it, that's a lot of people. Most people are within that range. So the people who play a lot are generally within that range. And it can be quite difficult to reach all of these things for the vast majority of people. So you just have to pick what is important to you? Do you want to spend a little bit more money? Do you want to have that archetype you're thinking of? Or do you want to win? Do you want to spend 
no time on brewing because you just don't want to. Now, another thing you can do, uh, which does come at a slight sacrifice to archetype freedom, you can choose the archetype, but you don't get as much customization, is you can net deck. So if you want to save the time on brewing, you don't want to spend that time, or you just don't like brewing, you can net deck. Some people discourage net decking, but I think it's great. If people do not like brewing and it's not a fun part of the game for them, then why would you want to encourage them to do it? That's ridiculous. You want to have fun, so let them have fun with the parts of the game they like. This is an incredibly easy way to get a deck list that is close to your specifications, close to what you want, without spending the time. That way you can get uh, you can get some of these things. So I do think this is a slight sacrifice, but with a lot of these things, it'll be a lot easier if you do this. Because there are people who are who know more about the game than you. There are people who know more about the game than me. No one knows everything. And it's not even they know more about the game than you, okay? It's just they know more about this category. They spent more time on this specific deck. They really thought about it and made sure it was good. You know, it's what you're looking for. Now, if you go, it depends on where you get it. If you just randomly go on Architect and you look up decks, you're not necessarily going to get the best deck unless you really know what you're talking about. But if you know what you're talking about or you go to a source that you know will give you a good deck, then you should be fine. So what's the conclusion? You have to pick what's important to you. Basically, if you are spending more money, you can have everything. But if you're not, you have to sacrifice something. Is that fun? It better not be fun. Please do not sacrifice fun. Is that archetype freedom? You know, you're okay if you sacrifice this archetype. You want to play, you know, you don't care if you play that other archetype. You don't have any real connection to one. Or do you want to not spend any time brewing? Do you really just not care at all if you win? Or do you want to use proxies? Then you don't have to spend the money. And I, it, it depends. Talk to your playgroup before you do proxies. But proxies, I think, are a good solution. And I think we should encourage groups to embrace them. And I think most do. But, I mean, that's all I have today. I think it's important for people to enjoy this game and not have to spend so much. But you do, you are paying for something. You are paying for something. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.